Hey, what's going on, people? Welcome to Strange Talk with Doc. Before we start the show, I wanted to talk a little bit about how podcasting has changed me a little bit over the years. I've been doing this for about five years now. And uh, just to be really short and brief with it, it has made me uh, have different mindsets, become more mindful, change the way that I looked at things. I tried to look at things from a different perspective than I once did. It was very closed-minded. But being a podcaster now that I see that I talk to people, people respond back to me. It seems like my opinion to some people matter. Uh, so I I definitely take the time now to look at everything directly from that 360 perspective, not just my angle, but I dig into the issues that I speak about. I keep myself true to what I say. I always believe what I say. That never changes. There's no sellout here. I refuse. That's another thing about podcasting. It has allowed me to be true to myself and know that I will never sell out. I will never put up a clickbait post just to draw people in and then not even deal with the subject matter that I'm talking about or lie. I never gossip. I don't spread rumors. I keep things real. Uh, can all people handle that? No. A lot of people like salacious stuff. A lot of people like stuff that digs into relationships that you have nothing to do with. I don't talk about celebrity relationships here. I don't talk about things like that. It has no concern of mine. It means who's sleeping with who means nothing to me, never has, nor will it ever. Not for any price will I go into that type of thing. But it has also helped me strategize. It has helped me become motivated. It has changed some of my lifestyle habits. Because I game plan, I pay attention to detail at all times. I confirm the story that I'm talking about so that I don't sit here and look like a fool because I do allow myself to be called out. And because I am open to being called out, I'd rather be on the side of correct. I always rather be on the side of right than on the side of wrong. Uh, I spent a lot of time two years ago speaking about Trump. That made me bitter. That made me very angry. And uh, I took a step back from the politics a bit. But if something is going on in my life, the sports world, entertainment world, the news world, I am going to talk about it. If it's something about religion, I don't believe there's any topic off base other than when you are spreading falsehoods, rumors, and gossip. I don't think there's any place anywhere for that kind of behavior. But that's just me. If you feel comfortable doing it and you're blowing me out of the water with your numbers and you feel comfortable cashing a check that comes with no integrity, that's on you. I don't care. That's not my thing. I will remain integrity intact to the day I die. I will keep a code. Uh, podcasts improved to me that my code is strong, that it will remain strong, and that it's not a lie that I've been telling myself all these years that I do abide by a code. It just confirmed a lot of things that I should have already known, but it, I guess it reconfirmed situations and mindsets that I already had. And I will continue to podcast until I no longer find it enjoyable. I don't bitch and moan about short numbers, big numbers. It's all relative to the subject matter. 
there are some subject matters that I get greater numbers on, other subject matters I get less numbers on. It's what interests the people. It's not, I'm just a vehicle. I talk, but I'm not the ears that always listen. I get emails from all over the world, and I have received emails from all over the world. Trust me when I tell you that that is not a lie. And it's very humbling that somebody in, say, France or Africa would reach out to me and say, Doc, what's up, man? I just enjoy your show. I appreciate you. You know what that does to the soul? It's uplifting, and I appreciate it. Now, we're just going to go on to the normal portion of the show. But if you do podcasts, and I think that if it does not change you in some way, shape, or form, then I don't know what you're doing it for. Maybe you're just a comedy show, and and it won't change you. But when you talk about as many deaths and as many bad situations as I've had to talk about over the last few years, cop beatings, cop killings, uh, uh, innocent people, lives being lost in mass shootings, it's going to change you. It is going to make you reevaluate some things about mankind. And that's just the reality of it. So we had a super blessed and fortunate person. I'm, You know what? I don't want to poo-poo on this person's parade, but I'm hoping that the person who won in Illinois is not just a single person, but it's like one of those job-type situations, a workplace situation where 50 people buy tickets because this 1.2 million, 2 billion, excuse me, should change multiple lives and not just one family's life. I'm hoping... It's one of those situations. Like I said, I don't mean to poo-poo at all on this person or these people who won, but I'm. this is just my personal opinion. So Thomas Lane was sentenced to two and a half years in prison for violating George Floyd's civil rights. And this was done on 722. And on 727, U.S. District Judge Paul Munson sentenced the other two idiots, J. Alexander Kuhn, to three years and Tao Tao to three and a half years for violating George Floyd's rights in the 20 May 2025 2020 killings. Excuse me. That was May 25th, 2020, that the 846 happened. We all know that Derek Chauvin has already been sentenced. Now these men were not facing, you know, before people get up in arms, they wasn't facing 15, 20 years. Uh, things like that. They were facing five and six years. Listen, these were police officers. Two and a half years, I don't care how cushy the federal penitentiary is, their lives are forever changed. They are convicted felons, felon, full felons. They can never own weapons. They can never work in law enforcement again. Uh, they had a career. They threw it in the shitter. Their names are trash. So this is what they are dealing with. So the U.S. has offered a substantial proposal to Russia in exchange for Brittany Grenier and Mr. Paul Whelan. Now, uh, we really are still waiting back to find out, is Russia going to accept this proposal for exchange? Now, I don't know the uh, Russian that we are exchanging for these two people, but Brittany and this Paul Whelan, I would like for them to come home, even if Paul Whelan owes time. Let him serve that time in America so that his family could at least visit him, know that he's being taken care of, and doing the best that he could. I watched a lot of YouTube last week, and 
I came across some very interesting things on YouTube, and I'm just going to call it Preachers Gone Crazy. We had this Bishop Lamar Whitehead who was robbed for all of his truck jewelry. And for those of you who do not know what truck jewelry is, truck jewelry is when you wear an overabundant amount of jewelry, like rapper status jewelry. Now, this is a bishop, supposed to be a man of God, and he is walking around with anywhere from 400 to $1 million in jewelry with a Rolls Royce parked outside a storefront church with banners that look like they hung up with push pins. It, uh, the good that he, this man could have done with the money instead of uh, not humbling himself. And we have to see where this story goes. I don't know a lot about this gentleman. Only thing I really know is that he's from New York City. He served time in a penitentiary for fraud. And for his sake, this better not be another case of fraud where he's trying to scam the insurance company. But that's him. And he's going to have to deal with the consequences, consequences of his actions. Then I find out that Creflo Dollar has backtracked on his tithes issue. Now, this was a man who literally said, I'm going to paraphrase, that he wished that he could have all the non-tithers in his church go through a special line, people grab automatic weapons and execute them. Now he's telling people that brought his books, brought his sermons, brought his tapes, his DVDs, paid tithes to his church, that everything that he's ever said is false. Now he doesn't go biblically and then state why he's changed his view on this. It sounds like a, just another scam to sell grace as opposed to selling payment into heaven, which never made sense. How could you pay God? What amount of money would God take to promise you a place in heaven when that is not what this is about? Because they say that a rich man is going to find it the hardest to enter the gates. A rich man, not if that's the case, billionaires would be guaranteed they would run amok on this planet if they believed in a higher power like that. Then I find out about this guy called Geno Jenkins. He's from Philadelphia. And uh, if you never heard him, you have to think about the soldier story. He sounds like Adolf Caesar from the soldier story. Very angry, but he seems to know his Bible very well. I'm not going to say that he's right about everything. I mean, because I read up on his books of rules and regulations for the members of his church and some of them are outlandish. Silly things like you can't wear any form of jewelry. Men can't wear shorts. Women can't wear any kind of makeup. Uh, it's I don't know if they're Pentecostal. I don't know what they are. Uh, he seems to be in debate with a lot of people in the religious field. And so I find them to be not only informative, but very entertaining. I find the man to be entertaining because of the way he carries himself. he I've never seen him deliver a message really with a smile on his face. And if somebody knows this brother and can guide me to a YouTube video or video on his channel where he's actually pleasantly delivering the word of God, I would love to see it. My mind is open to checking that out. But so far, like I said, this is Sergeant Waters from Soldier Story. Very angry, very uh self-righteous in a way because he is smart enough to have studied the book that he is talking about 
but he seems to be at odds with a lot of teachings that are out there. I know that he really hates the Catholic Church. He hates celebrities, a lot of celebrities to a degree, or he has disdainless. Hate is too strong a word when I don't know the man and I cannot speak for him. So I want to I want to apologize for that publicly. But once again, this is Gino Jenkins. You should check him out. Uh, uh, pick a topic that he's talking about. Maybe it'll be something that you've always been interested in and see his viewpoint versus your viewpoint versus what you were taught in your church and just see how it jobs. Maybe it will line directly up. I do not know. I cannot say. So Ric Flair had his very last match last night, and Ric Flair looked like a 73-year-old in a wrestling match. Uh, I'm hoping for Ric Flair, Ric Flair's family, those who personally know him and love him dearly, that this is truly his last match. He blew up very quick. Uh, there was some going to be some blood, and there was blood. Rick was smart enough to wear like a T-shirt in the ring, which was good. But Rick looked, oh, I mean, this is not the Ric Flair that we are accustomed to seeing. This is not even the Ric Flair that fought Shawn Michaels a couple of years ago. But you know what? He made it through. He survived. Uh, I wish he didn't have to go through the blading situation, but you would figure that there was going to be some blading. And I'm sure Jay Lethal and Double J Jeff Jarrett did their best to carry him as much as they could during the match. If you haven't seen the match, it's on YouTube. You can find it there. Or I believe it was, was on some kind of pay-per-view. And you could pick it up on uh, their uh, on-demand. Better Call Sal last week was a very interesting episode. It, I'm going to call it Gene in the Mall. As we know, Sal is three people. He started out as Jimmy McGill. Then he became Gar Sal Goodwin. And then he became this Gene guy. I guess Gene is the one in uh, protective custody. And so Gene works at the mall at a Cinnabon. And this dealt with Gene, the security, this guy, and the mall. It was a very good episode. It was very artsy. It was in black and white, but it was well worth it. I also watched the Dark Side of the 90s. It was a good episode. This one dealt with Rush Limbaugh. And the WWE had their legends. It was the Bella Twins. Tonight will be Kurt Angle, which I cannot wait to see. That should be very good. We learned a lot about the Bella Twins. These WWE legend biography series is pretty good. You do get to get some information, some backstory. These people seem to be able to open the veil and the curtain on some of the darker moments, which I appreciate because what would it be if it was all sunshine and roses? So it's pretty cool what they're doing. So Bubba Watson decides he's going to join, join the Live Golf Tournament. So another one bites the dust. This is a two-time Masters champion, and he's going from the PGA. You know what? I like Bubba. I like I liked him. I thought he was a little different. He didn't win a lot, but he was a damn good player. And you know what? I'll miss him on the tour because he was always interesting to watch play. So Kyler Murray had a homework clause put in his contract by the Cardinals. How this got released to the general public, I don't know. There are clauses in all professional athlete contracts that we don't know anything about. Now, this homework clause was put in, and then because of all the black backlash, it was taken out. So Kyler Murray no longer has this four-hour-a-week study film on his own clause. But I would think that as an NFL quarterback, 
who wants to win, who's getting paid 160 million with a chance at 230 or something like that, he would do everything that he can to know what the defense's tendencies are. So, you know what? This is another knock on a young black quarterback because it, last week it was kind of bad. You had Patrick Mahomes called the street baller. You had Lamar Jackson being called out by a cowardly defensive coordinator who said that this man will never be a number one quarterback. How is Lamar Jackson, a former league MVP who's only 25 years old, not a number one franchise quarterback? But when you say something like that, you're a real coward if you don't put your name to it. You know, the person who said that about Patrick Mahomes, who's a Super Bowl champion, been to another Super Bowl, a league MVP, and he's only maybe 25, 26 years old, to say that he's only a street baller, what street baller can guide the offense the way that he got? So Danny Amendola, who used to be with the Rams, I mean, damn, this guy was, he traveled around. He was a Patriot. He was a Ram. He, he played 13 seasons in the NFL. He finally retired, and he won two Super Bowls. So good luck in your future, uh, Mr. Amendola. Julio Jones is now with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Let's see how that works. Julio has not been able to stay healthy the last couple of years. Hopefully he could play for the Bucs. If you're a Buck fan, you want no less than 12 games out of him. If he misses five, but he gives you 12 decent games and he's healthy for the playoffs, I think that the Bucs would be happy with that. It's not like they spent a lot of money to give him a one-year contract. So the XFL has finally done the right thing. In 2023, these teams will have their own independent homes so that they can build a fan base. Everybody being in Birmingham, Alabama made no sense, but I guess they didn't want to travel the first year. He wanted to see how it went. So now let me just give you these teams very briefly. I don't know the names of the teams or what they're going to be called, but this is the way it's going. There's going to be a team in Arlington, Texas, and they're going to play at Chowcha Stadium. There's going to be a team in Houston, and they're going to play at Houston's TDECU Stadium. Orlando's going to have a team, and they're going to play at the Florida Camping World Stadium. Las Vegas is going to have a team, and that stadium or field is to be announced. San Antonio is going to have a team. They're going to play at the Alamo Dome. Seattle is going to have a team, and they're going to play at the Lumi Field. St. Louis is going to have a team, and they're going to play at America Center. And Washington, D.C. is going to have a team, and they're going to play at Audi Field. I was very shocked to see that no New York team, no Philadelphia team. But you know what? It is what it is. He's trying to get this thing off the ground. Now, if he was to ask my opinion, my personal opinion on what the USFL is about, he's trying. And when I mean he, the Rock is trying to get two of these teams to be so good or the league to have such good players that he can create two NFL teams, have those two teams then merge into the NFL, take keep ownership of one of the teams, and sell the right to another billionaire, and this would be a cash cow for him. This is what the original USFL was supposed to do with Donald Trump, and he wanted it to be the New Jersey Generals, and it didn't fly. They wouldn't allow him in, and so this is – believe just another play on the same blueprint that was out there. The WWE had their summer slam. And uh, 
Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. Last man standing match was um, that was a joy to watch. It was very entertaining. Uh, when Brock did the thing with the the plow and picked up the whole ring, that was crazy to see Paul Heyman take a bump. When I ain't seen Paul Heyman take a bump in God knows how long, it was great. The Usos got involved. This was a very entertaining. And believable finish to Brock because they had to bury Brock finally to keep him down. So Brock lost no no props. Roman fought bravely. It was all in all entertaining. Bobby Lashley actually destroyed Theory, which I think was a good thing. Theory is not ready yet. Actually, Theory tried to interject himself into the championship match, but Brock Lesnar destroyed him too. It seems like Theory without Vince McMahon is... They're, they're backseating him a little bit, and we'll see how that was. Pat McAfee fought Happy Corbin. Pat McAfee's entrance, I loved it with the choir. I loved it with the uh, faces on the screen. Uh, Pat McAfee did some moves that I didn't expect out of him. Uh, Happy Corbin, who's obviously a good friend and buddy of his, carried him well. It was Everything about it was nice and brutal. The punt kicks to the uh, junk and stuff like that, it all worked. The Undisputed Tag Team Championship, which I was surprised that Jeff Jarrett actually called the match down the down the middle. He didn't do anything uh, nefarious. He didn't do anything to be on one side or the other. And I thought that some way or another he would play a part in the uh, determination of this match. And he did not do that. So that was kind of good. Liv Morgan battled uh, Ronda Rousey and won on basically some kind of technicality that Ronda's shoulders was down before the referee could see that Liv tapped out. I'm hoping that they actually do an angle where Liv is hurt. They have some kind of women's tournament and Liv can't be in it because her arm was injured by Rousey with the repeated uh, arm locks because Liv was, for lack of a better word, she was ragdolled by Ronda Rousey during the match and after the match. Liv looked bad. This was WWE and Ronda making Liv look like a girl versus a woman. And it really killed any run that Liv could have with the title right now. So you got to get it off of her ASAP. You had the women's championship, Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch. That was a very good and entertaining. You expect nothing less from these two ladies. They actually started off the show. At the end of the match, Bailey arrived. She brought two women with her. They were getting ready to beat down Bianca. But Becky actually came to the defense of Bianca. That was a nice little twist that I did not see coming. Riddle was supposed to fight Seth Rollins. Riddle was obviously injured. He ran to the ring. Seth Rollins stomped his head out. And that was pretty much it. It was never really an official match. And the Miz battled Logan Paul. Logan Paul looks like a seasoned veteran in the WWE. He did a frog splash off the rope onto the announcer's table, which was outstanding. He uh, he also did uh, uh, AJ Styles' elbow. That was outstanding. He just looked good. He looked like a natural fit in the ring. And also, you had the Mysterios take on Judgment Day, 
with the return of Edge. Edge appeared, did a couple of spears to Damian Priest. He did a spear on uh, Finn Balor uh, because, uh, what's her name, uh, Rhea Ripley kept interfering. That was also a good match, and they made the crowd happy by letting the Mysterials win. And not only, which I think is even bigger than that, they did not turn Ray's son, Dominic, on him. I don't really want that angle to ever happen. I want that to, to stay pure. Some things can stay pure. Father can love his son and never have to turn on his son, and a son can love his father and never turn on his father. And I think they can maintain that even in the wwe i don't think you need to do that for two thousand extra eyes the ufc had their pay-per-view pina versus nunez too amanda nunez really handled uh juliana pena pretty well i thought that there was a couple of times that she went down to the ground and she was exposing that arm and juliana really was trying to get it but Amanda was able to come out of there. It was a bloody, uh, Julia Anna was a bloody mess. And uh, Amanda Nunes just reconfirmed what we all knew. She is the GOAT of, at least, if you're not going to give her anything else, she is the GOAT of women MMA fighting. She's the first two-time double champ in UFC history, meaning she holds two belts at one time, and she has now done it twice. Because she lost this and retained this. This was a very good card. I mean, I, I would say it was a very good card. Brandon Moreno versus Kaya, Kyra France was a good fight. Moreno caught him with a wicked, wicked liver shot. Uh, it was a, a beautiful thing to see. Kyra France was fighting well. He busted up uh, Brandon's eye. But Brandon seems to get busted up every fight. And the fight that disappointed me the most on this call was the Derek Lubis versus Sergey Pavlovich. I thought that the referee, Mergliata, stopped this a, brief, a bit premature. He, Derek Lewis should have been at least given the opportunity to see if he was going to get up. I mean, Derek Lewis has put people in that position, and referees have allowed it. I mean, the man was home, basically. I mean, it was... You know what? I don't know. Some people believe that it would have just been more of the same, but you got to take the chance. This is a blood sport. You, I mean, if your lights are not out and you're really not just leaning undefenseless, you, you, you have to be given an opportunity to at least see if you have anything left. Next week, you got a UFC card. You and the main fights on this card is going to be Tiago Santos versus. Jamal Hill and Vincente Luque versus Jeffrey Neal. Those are the two fights I'm looking forward to most on that card. We had some uh, loss of lives this weekend. We had Goodfellas and Law and Order. I don't know why people leave this part out. Paul Savino, who died at 83, was also a part of the Law and Order universe. Uh, universe. And, uh, he was partners, I believe, with Chris North or somebody like that. But, you know, a lot of people remember him from Goodfellas as Paulie. Tampa rapper Roly Benz was murdered after leaving a post on social media. Now, this was just a waste. A young man who asked for some smoke, he invited the Beast to his home. The Beast decided, you know what, I'll take you up on your offer. 
and he wasn't ready for the smoke that came. And now he will forever be known as the dude who posted his location and let his ops know where he was and where he would be. And they took him up on it. Now, is it a waste of life? Yes, it's a waste of life. I wish Roly would have used his no his nougat. I mean, really use his brain and not try to use only bravado and machismo to to put a message out there. Kids, if you know somebody's gunning for you, man, you don't have to post on social media. You know what? Real people move in silence. If somebody's looking for you, make them find you. Don't put a flag out and say, here I am, come get me. Because you never know. You could be standing next to your mother, your child, when this person comes. So don't invite the devil to your door. Don't do it. Act actor Tony Dow, best known for his role as Wally Cleaver on Leave it to Beaver, he died uh, at the age of 77. Unfortunately, this Mr. Tony Dow was reported as being dead the day before he actually died, so he actually died in the social media universe two different days, but uh, you know, I hope that it's all rest in peace. I was never a big Leave it to Beaver fan. I believe he was uh, the Beeb's older brother on the series, but this was a very popular show back in the day. And Mary Alice died at the age of 80. You will remember her from the Matrix. She was the Oracle. And also in a different world, she was the kindly older woman, the sage of advice that the students would come to. Now, here's one that hit me kind of hard. Bill Russell, who I'm going to say is the greatest winner in the history of sports has passed away at the age of 88. Now, Bill Russell won 11 championships in the pros, two championships in college. Remember back then, they did not allow freshmen to play basketball. He also won a gold medal. He coached the Celtics to a title. This dude knew basically nothing but winning. When I was a young kid and the NBA used to be on CBS, he was one of the announcers. Now, the thing about it is Bill was old when I was young. I'd never seen Bill young. Bill looked old because he had the scraggly hair and he had the scraggly beard. Now, he dealt with a lot of ridiculous racism playing for Boston, even though he was winning. And my question is, I never can understand how a person who comes from that time, who comes from the time of uh, civil rights being violated, deal with personal racism things segregation jim crow how do they fall in love with the person from the other race that is causing such harm upon them but you know what bill did that bill loved the white woman i don't know if they had kids together but you know what that is a question that if somebody's out there in a relationship like that because i would love to do an interview with an interracial couple or a person involved in an interracial relationship because when things hit the fan, when shit hits the fan and there's something to do with strictly race, like the Karens and Kins of the 2020s, what kind of conversations I had in your household? I mean, you know, the world would like to know. I would like to know. And Nicole Nichols, Lieutenant Yuhura on Star Trek, died at the age of 89. This woman had the first interracial kiss in the history of television. We have to realize during Star Trek days, 
miscegenation was a crime. Miscegenation was a crime in the United States of America for interracial couples to marry, to have children, or to be in relationship in certain places could get you locked up into the Loving versus Virginia Supreme Court ruling. Now, imagine that. You could not, because this country was so racist, you could not marry or have children with who you wanted to without it being a crime in certain places in the United States. And Pat Carroll, she's the Emmy-winning actress and voice of Usula in The Little Mermaid, died at the age of 95. So these are my things that I have to talk about this week. I hope that you enjoyed the show. If you did, please hit me up. Uh, you can subscribe if it's organic and that's something you want to do. You also can just leave me a, a email or a message if that's what you would like to do. But go check out my website. My website, I think, is all right. Uh, uh, for a guy who's not like that techie, I created this thing from scratch. Uh, it's show-based. You could find old shows there. You could find what I'm doing in the future there. You could find ways to reach out to me there. I appreciate you for listening. I appreciate you for taking the time out of your day when you didn't have to. I just appreciate anybody who shows me any kind of love when it comes to this thing that I'm doing called podcasting because you don't have to. And I appreciate you. And I hope that you have a great and wonderful week that you get all those green lights, good reports. You get some extra money in your pocket. And that you treat other people good so that you can be treated good yourself. Because it's a boomerang effect, people. And I'm going to say to you like I always say to you, peace to you and peace to yours.